0: the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Wednesday, January 6th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and on today's show, we have a fantastic interview with the gentlemen from WWL Radio, Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister. Yes, that's right, both of them join me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. They take a little trip down memory lane back to the NFC Championship game in 2006, where they went to Soldier Field and ultimately fell to the Chicago Bears for their first NFC Championship game, um, and they also talk a little bit about the similarities between that season and this season, that game and this game, um, and obviously look ahead into this weekend and what the Saints need to do to come out with a win against the Chicago Bears, so make sure you listen to that whole interview, fantastic insight, as always, from Zach Shreve and Deuce McAllister. But quickly, before we get into that, congratulations are in order to left tackle Teron Armstead. It was announced on Wednesday that he has been named the club's 2020 winner of the Ed Block Courage Award. If you don't know, Teron Armstead lost his brother earlier Um, This season and he played through that he was holding a lot of weight on his shoulders Uh, He also had to battle through COVID-19. So congratulations uh, Certainly are in order to Teron Armstead. Obviously, we wish it was under different circumstances. You never want that Um, But he has persevered through so much He shows time and time again why he is a leader on this team for this offensive line Uh, So we are certainly lucky to have him on this squad Speaking of awards, the top of the top, the cream of the crop award. Uh, The finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame were announced earlier this week. Four of those names are people with Louisiana ties. You guessed it, uh, Peyton Manning being one of those finalists. It is his first time being a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We know Peyton Manning attended Newman High School. The Manning name is deep here in New Orleans. Uh, We know what Peyton Manning did in the NFL. Fantastic, fantastic track record. Uh, Next up, Reggie Wayne. He went to John Aaron at high school. He played for the Colts from 2001 to 2014. He has been a Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist twice. Um, if you if the name Reggie Wayne is ringing a bell, and I know I just said it after Peyton Manning, but uh, Reggie Wayne was the intended receiver that uh, Peyton Manning um, was obviously throwing to in the Super Bowl, but... None other than Tracy Porter came up with that interception in the Super Bowl that he ran back for a 74 yard touchdown. We all know the conclusion of that game Saints win the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, congratulations to Reggie Wayne, but of course we always have to bring that up. Um, then Alan uh, Faneka went to LSU. He played with the Steelers from 1998 to 2007. He was in the league um, until 2010. It is his sixth time being a finalist in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and then last but certainly not least Sam Mills this is his second time being a finalist as the prof in the Pro Football Hall of Fame he uh, you know of course played with the New Orleans Saints 1986 through 1994 a huge part of the dome patrol which you all know of he played in the NFL until 1997 so we want to give them their flowers on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek congratulations to those four players who are now finalists in the pro football hall of fame. All right, enough of making you waiting, making you wait, excuse me. Let's go ahead and get into my interview with Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister. Let's get right into things. So uh, the, the saints finished a regular season against the Carolina Panthers finished as the number two seed, find out that they are playing against the Chicago bears. And uh, that night CJ GJ is sitting in his home and he tweets out, He's coming to the city. I need to know y'all's reaction when you saw that because we all know the history between CJ GJ and the Chicago bears and that fight that, uh, happened. What was y'all's reaction when you saw that? I see Deuce, you're shaking your head.
1: I just let the kids be kids. I mean, Hey, whatever motivation you need to go out and get you ready. So be it. Um, my, my biggest thing is don't cost your team, uh, yardage or a game that I mean whatever whatever motivation you need take it go ahead do it
0: Zach I believe actually we you and I uh had were on the podcast the week after that happened because that's all coming back to me now because I can't even think that far back um but you and I were talking about being smart and you know having that motivation having that that those gears going but being smart about when you're kind of pressing those buttons
2: yeah, and I think another thing that we talked about was, okay, now you're on the radar, right? So now every single team you play is going to send film in of you, you know, inciting all of these fights. And, you know, they're going to start throwing flags on the first guy, not the second. And we've seen that mm-hmm. since then, right? Suddenly, you know, we've seen some, ah, it's not such a big deal. And yet he's he's catching some of those flags. So, yes, I, I, I agree with Deuce, and I think it's very similar to what we said that day. If that's what you need, if, if that's the edge that you play with, then I'm all for it. You just got to know when to cut it, right? And you got to be really smart about when to use it. And and you don't want to take it out of him. The team doesn't want to take it out of him because it it motivates him, right? That's how he plays. It's how he gets himself going. But at the same time, like Deuce said, the minute that it crosses the line and you've hurt your team, then now it was not worth it. So he's just got to be smart about it. He's got to understand that he's got a target on his back now. Every official that walks into these games moving forward is going to know if there's a fight, he probably started it. And, and it's going to be more and more likely that he gets caught doing some of that stuff.
0: Absolutely. And, and not wanting to cost your team. All right, gentlemen, before we talk about this 2020 team, let's go back to 2006, the Saints versus the Chicago Bears in the NFC Championship game. Uh, obviously, some sore memories there. Deuce, what what do you remember the most about that game? And would you put uh, Chicago Bears on that that, you know, put a bad taste in your mouth list for you?
1: For me personally, it was just a lot of opportunities to play the Bears. I mean, not not only that 06, you go back to uh, 07, you go to 08, and it was just, it was always like that was the team that we ended up being a cross rival for as far as the Bears. And uh, we weren't having a lot of success against them either. And so, you know, that's probably the most frustrating part about it. Obviously, you know, the first thing that you think is that's our first NFC championship game ever. Uh, so you don't want the moment to, to be too big for you. You also remember that it's extremely cold. Uh, that was my first time ever drinking uh, chicken broth on the sideline. I mean, so it was, it, it was different. It was unique. And obviously you go back, you look at the two big defensive tackles that they had, they had Briggs, they had Erlacher, those guys pl- played a little bit deeper than you would normally see linebackers play, but that's, that allowed them to be able to run. And so, uh a game that I still feel like that we were obviously in a game that I still feel like we should have won. But, you know, you grow, you grow as a person, you grow as a player, you grow as an organization. And, you know, it didn't happen in six, but we all know it happened a couple years later. And, you know, I think that was what set really the foundation for what we're seeing still what 15, 16 years later. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Zach, I'd, I'd ask you to, to build off of that. What do you think were some of the, the learning points, Points. The teaching points from that game that you guys came out of.
2: Well, you know the interesting thing about that season and that in general, we were ten and six and sat starters in week sixteen, week seventeen. We would already secured the two seats. so that in and of itself is very odd, right? I mean, being in that situation, I think was almost a little serendipitous, just because of what a weird year that it was. Um, you know, you go up there, you, you get to experience that for the first time. It's a different environment than anything that you've ever played in. Um, you know, my, my strongest recollection is this is a pretty rough fourth quarter. Uh, Cause like do said, you know, we're in that game. Reggie has the long run, um, you know, in the third quarter there. And, and then all of a sudden kind of the wheels fall off, but you know, that team wasn't ready to win, you know, a, a super bowl. It, it just wasn't. And I think it kind of revealed itself in that game, but you know, the core of that team then got to experience what it was like being in that moment and in that game. And so you fast forward a few years and, you know, it didn't seem so big. It didn't seem so odd. You kind of knew what you were getting yourself into. And You know, this group is real similar to that, right? A lot of the core of this team was around in 2018. A lot of the core of this team was there for, you know, the the Minnesota game where you get your heart broken. And a a lot of these guys were here last year. And so, you know, those experiences build over time. And um, I I think they will help this team. Now, clearly, we said the same thing last year, right? We had the same conversation last year. and So at some point, you start going, quit learning and start doing. And I've heard a lot of guys, you know, that, that have said, and this is former players. I'm tired of watching them win in the, in the pre, in the regular season, yeah. right? Like win the games in the postseason, and that's exactly how the guys in that locker room feel, right? They're like, okay, we did this, what we had to do to get to the playoffs. This is what it has always mattered to us. And so, you know, hopefully that, that, you know, kind of uh, it, it carries over, you know, hopefully, but I, I think this team, to me, there's a lot of correlations to the 2009 team more so than the 2006 team in that, you know, you've been out a lot of guys. You've had a lot of injuries. You've dealt with a lot of stuff. And now suddenly we roll into the playoffs. It looks like we're going to be very, very healthy, which is exactly what happened in 2009.
0: And we'll get more on that injury report on the the Wednesday Saints injury report on Wednesday afternoon. But due to Zach's point, how. How do you stop learning and start doing? How do you get past the psyche of the past few years and and what's happened in those playoffs? How do you as a team come together and say, we're not going to let that happen to get again. We have the team, we have all of the pieces of the puzzle. Now we need to put it in action.
1: Well, first and foremost, you know, I think it is not overlooking any opponent. And so You, 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 you hear so much about the noise outside of the building. You hear so much about being picked to win. You hear so much, you know, some people will even reference, hey, look, you know, you're favored by this many points. That's going to be an easy game. You can't You can't let that factor into your preparation. And I think, you know, from the biggest standpoint is you have to prepare like this is your last Wednesday as far as of the season. You're not guaranteed next Wednesday. You're not guaranteed to be able to go and practice again next Wednesday. If you do not win on Sunday, it's over. And I I, I think once you look at it like that, well, I am going to do everything today to make sure that I'm ready for Sunday. You can't say it's going to be a win. You can't think of it as this team is going to lay down for you. You're, 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 You're a more talented team. You know that but you have to go and play the game. And so I think, you know, from not just a few individuals on that squad, knowing that they have to make sure every individual player knows that, that man, this may be the last Wednesday that we get together as far as the team is concerned, because nothing is guaranteed next week. Nothing is guaranteed next season. There's a lot of uncertainty. So my biggest thing that I would tell them is control what you can control and make sure that you're doing everything possible to make sure there's no question. Sunday comes, I can recite any anything whether it's first down, second down, third down that I need to be doing, what my teammate needs to be doing and we can just go and play.
0: Well, maybe it's not because we're – it's because we're not in the building. Maybe it's because 2020 has had far weirder things happen. But I feel like we haven't really talked about the narrative of this potentially being Drew's last year. Um, How much does that motivate you even further because you have all of these things on the line? You have the past few years in the playoffs, and now you have – Potentially a future Hall of Famers last game inside the Mercedes Benz Superdome. That's what you're fighting for. You're fighting for not only a Ch- uh, Super Bowl win, but to get him to the Super Bowl. Is that, I mean, how much have you heard that maybe from players in the locker room?
2: You know, I think it's hard as a player unless he stood up in front of the room and said, Hey, I just want you all to know this is kind of my last hurrah. Gotcha. Um, you know, it's hard, right? Because you don't know and I think a lot of us, again, you know, you talk about the noise outside the building. We've been hearing that for three years now, so yeah. um, I think that's hard. Now, if you're him, and you and you think it's your last game, well, then you can rest assured that he feels that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he puts that burden. You know, I think it's really hard for players to 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 do this win one for the Gipper deal, right? Like it's it's just tough from a player's perspective to to put your guys in a situation like that, but. Um, I'm sure, you know, there's a, there's a lot of motivation in the building that understands there's a lot of these guys that know, I don't know what's going to happen this off season. You know, they're in a, they're in a tough position the same there's no question about it. This is not like normal year. Oh, the saints can manipulate the cap and still sign people. Like this is a very different off season for them because of what happened this year with the revenues and, and what the cap is going to do next year. So I think there's a lot of guys in there that know if we don't get it done right now, we don't know if we're going to be back in the situation again next year. So I think that's very real. And I think that the guys do know that. I think the single biggest motivation is that most of these guys have had their heart broken for two or three years now. And, and that is hard. And it is it is tough to deal with. And they know that feeling and they know what it was like to walk off those fields with that amount of disappointment. And and those guys would tell you this is basically four Super Bowls to win the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, it it has to be that way. And it's going to feel that way because you feel just as miserable losing the wild card game as you would losing the Super Bowl. You know, no matter what, it's over. So um, I think that's the big thing for these guys. I think it's hard for them to tie, you know, Drew's career up unless Drew walks in front of the room and says, I'm done.
0: No, that's a great point. And back to what Deuce was saying, you can't overlook any team. Let's go back to week eight. The Saints win, but they win in overtime thanks to a field goal uh, by Will Lutz, 26 to 23. And I'll ask this to both of you, Deuce, and I'll start with you. Where do you think this game is going to be won for the Saints?
1: In the trenches, offensive line and defensive line. Uh, that game was a little bit different as well because you didn't have your two top pass receivers being Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, you'll have those guys uh, back. The other part of it is I don't think that they will have Rokon Smith. And you know, Alvin, Alvin tore him up last time. The Saints aren't leaning on Alvin as much uh, right now as far as they were in that stretch without Michael Thomas and some of those other guys. The other part of it is, and I think it's something to, to be said, uh, I think Drew is probably a little bit more healthier now Uh, than he was then, and not to say that they weren't doing some things offensively as far as uh, pushing the football down the field, but really the last two weeks, three weeks, the Saints have looked, from an offensive standpoint, they've looked very, very different as far as the vertical shots they're taking, some of the things that they're doing in that essence. And so um, it's a little bit different. We know the quarterbacks are different as far as for Chicago. It's Trubisky now. It's not Foles. Uh, the Saints defense had eight sacks. Uh, I think they can maybe not match eight sacks, but I think that they can at least get four sacks, um, and, and it caused probably two turnovers. The question for me is you look at Montgomery. He had that one long, it was a trap play that he was able to hit him on. He had that one long run against them. They've leaned a lot more on him uh, in that stretch, and I know he's been banged up. You know, Like I said, they've got some guys that they're missing, but can the Saints defense return to form where teams are only getting 60 yards, 70 yards as far as running the football, if they can do that, uh, it's, it, it'll be a dominant performance.
0: Zach, as our token offensive lineman here, um, how much how encouraged have you been in the growth, as Deuce was saying, in the offensive line since week eight? I mean, they've been performing so well over the last few weeks.
2: Yeah, I think, I think the offensive line has been a strength of this team from the very beginning, you know, and, and you look, it starts on the outside, and it's hard to even explain how beneficial it is to have two tackles that you can leave alone. Yeah. I mean, it changes everything, right? This is not like the days where they had to put a guy next to me the whole game, right? Like, this is, this is a different situation, and you look at a team like the Bears with a couple of good pass rushers on the outside, and the Saints just walk into this game comfortable, that they know what they're getting out of Tehran. They know what they're getting out of Ryan. And it it just, it really changes the dynamic of what you're doing. So, um, you know, from a pass protection standpoint, I think you feel good about your matchups. Um, What's really interesting to me, and you talk about the offensive line and I'll throw this guy in there. One of the unsung heroes of the running game this year has been Adam Troutman, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really surprising considering, you know, he's a small school guy, came out of Dayton. Dayton doesn't have scholarships, they don't offer athletic scholarships, right? Like to give you an idea of, to give you an idea of, of, you know, where he's coming from, that's the area that I would have said, Hey, he's going to struggle there. He's a good athlete. He can get vertical and catch football. You know, that stuff is generally the same, uh, but in the running game, it's not quite the same, right? Like you're blocking guys that are nothing like what you spent time, blocking at Dayton when you were blocking because most of the time you're running downfield the the man had 31 touchdowns in college right he's running down the field catching catching touchdown passes so to see how well he's played and you look at the Saints how good they run out of these power sets you think about the duo play the quarterback powers The you know that's really where they've made uh, their money in the running game this year and Adam troutman has been at the point of attack constantly so You know, those are the those are the the, the, to me, Adam Troutman has been an unsung hero of this group offensively because he's really dominated on the edge uh, in the running game, which is surprising. And if you get a big game out of him, if you can secure the edge uh, against this team, I think you can run the ball on the Bears. They've actually struggled defensively over the last few weeks, even though offensively they've played quite a bit better.
0: Well, Zach, I know we need to let you go here soon, but gentlemen, I have to ask your thoughts on Sean Payton's gritty because we haven't gotten your takes on that. Deuce, anything to add
1: Sean got a uh, he got a dance teacher somebody <laughs> some, somebody teaching him some two-step moves I'll I, I put it that way
0: so it's not you is that what you're telling us I thought it was for sure you
1: no not at all
0: not you all right I
2: I can confirm I've not seen Deuce dance in the no. booth really? we've not, we not been
1: doing dancing no
0: we need to get that we need to get him on some TikTok dances something so that he can do the renegade I you have a 14-year-old son, Deuce. I mean, that is the perfect. You have an in-house teacher.
1: Caroline, uh, I'm, I'm not even on TikTok. I don't have a TikTok account. I don't have an Instagram account. I mean, that, that's just, I, I leave it alone.
0: It's out of your wheelhouse. All right, yeah. fair enough. All right, gentlemen, we'll let you go. We appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully we are talking next week about a Saints win and walking out of the Superdome, uh, carrying some dubs with us.
2: Absolutely. Thanks,
1: Caroline. Appreciate it. Thank you. I like it.
0: As I mentioned, we could go on for hours and hours with those two. But great insight, as always, from Zach and Deuce. And we will keep it going at the end of this week on our Friday edition uh, with more updates on the New Orleans Saints as they approach their first playoff game against the Chicago Bears. Again, congratulations to Teron Armstead, um, Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Alan Fanica, Sam Mills for their um recognition as finalist in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and to Teron Armstead for being named the club's 2020 winner of the Ed Block Courage Award. For Caroline Gonzalez, Zach Streep, Deuce McAllister, thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by and Catch you on Friday.